Cultivated Marketer, episode 19, How to Be Your Own Hero at Work, No Matter What, with Darcy Eichenberg. In this episode of Cultivated Marketer, we talk with executive leadership and career coach Darcy Eichenberg at the IBC World Conference. She discusses how when things start getting tough at work, you know, there's fight or flight but maybe we should be considering pause and reflection first. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. Matt, so I finally cornered you. Yes. So we can connect live. Well, I've seen you live. I mean, I saw you at a local social media club event, which was so nice. That was such a pleasant surprise. Great. A great turnout and wonderful speaker. And yeah, it was really, it was great. Yeah. We, we might've coerced another future guest onto the show with said speaker. We're learning that there's lots of potential future guests out there, right there. <laughs> I mean, there's this topic lends itself. I think we, we, we hit on a winner here topic wise. No question. Yeah. So it was interesting that the speaker of that event was Ali Trost and she, she ended up presenting. I'm on the, the board of the local social media club chapter and we wrangled her in to talk about how social media has been a, a big influential part of her career. Matter of fact, she spoke about how she's been able to procure a couple jobs opportunities based on her social media presence coupled with her knowledge right so she you and i got a chance to talk with her a little bit beforehand and she was discussing with us the you know one of my i'm going to paraphrase but you know luck is preparation meets opportunity and she she certainly embodied that and spoke to that throughout her presentation yeah it struck me as a person who has done it the right way there you know social media can be a minefield when you're a young professional and there are just so many ways that you can kind of screw that up or send the wrong impression. And, and I just thought her pearls of wisdom were fantastic. So we got to get her on the show. No question. And, and what's great about her is we've had a sports guest, somebody from the world of sports mm -hmm. previously with Ben Heisler and Ben's local. Again, this is the riches we have in Kansas City that a lot of people don't realize. You know, Ben's a, a national sports media personality. Allie is making her first foray. Yes. as a national sports personality, right? So not quite where, you know, the Aaron Andrews aspirations that she mentioned, <laughs> mentioned the, uh, during the talk, but, but getting there. So it'd be really, be really cool to see if we can get her on the show. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Well, so this is the first time you and I, it's been just over a month really now that you and I've been able to together kind of unpack IBC world conference in New York. And it, it could take a month or two to unpack it completely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, I mean, it was as action packed as we thought it would be. Right. And, but what a great vibe. IBC, I thought did a terrific job. It's hard to be off for two years and come back, you know, that's just hard to do. And so, but great management staff at IBC and, and you know, a, a few things, step toe in a couple of areas, but you would expect that being as uh, away from big conferences, as long as, as the organization was, but I thought they did a great job. And, you know, Whenever you put 900 marketers and, and you let them out of their cages and you unleash them on New York, it's, <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And it was. So fun was had by all. But having said that, 
some terrific sessions, wonderful professional development. I know we're going to be talking about that. Congratulations. You got that. You had a great session on podcasting, stuck my head in there for a few minutes before I had to run out to another duty. And yeah, a lively group, good questions. And, you know, I think it really sets the stage now to, for that organization to come back strong. And they, I think they've announced Toronto for next year. So. Toronto, which is a city not to be missed. Yes. Another really good a, city. A lot like New York. And you congratulated me. I should be congratulating you because you were a board award winner during the awards reception. I was. I was. Our friend Daniel Bond honored me with what's called the Chairman's Award. But it was for my work to develop shared interest groups in IABC. And I kidded Danielle that it was actually an incentive because that is a new program. So <laughs> if I fail to deliver, she has told me where I may send the award back. So no, I'm kidding. She would never say that, but it, it did, it did put the pressure on, but I'm really excited about shared interest groups. I think that that's a way, you know, marketing communicators are so different based on segment, you know, the, just a quick commercial for that. If you're in IBC is to join a shared interest group, boy, if you're a healthcare communicator, that's a different set of challenges than if you're in the legal industry, or if you're certainly a nonprofit, and you've got regulatory issues, you've got privacy issues. And so what the shared interest groups are going to do, they're going to form community. They're, they are communities of practice for people to talk about those. Yeah. Things. For instance, I, you know, as a consultant and running a, a firm, certainly, you know, started to participate, signed up for the consulting portion of the special interest groups. And what's interesting about that, that's funny. I didn't realize Danielle had taken the John Lithgow third rock from the sun approach to giving out awards i don't know if you ever saw an episode of third rock from the sun where john lithgow has a stack of one dollar bills is the tip i think it's like one hundred one dollar bills sitting on the table and as the waiter comes by says this is your potential tip and every time you displease me i take a little bit of money (laughs) off of the stack yeah Exactly. The pressure's on, right? <laughs> so no, no, no. Daniel was very gracious. That was, that was really cool. A great germ of an idea. Now we need to deliver on it. It's like anything else, right? The devil's in the details. You got to deliver. So that's what we're on to next. Well, well, cool. I know. And I spoke about this a little bit last time and I was, you know, disappointed because you had other responsibilities and couldn't you, you and I each had teaching responsibilities while we were out there too. So I missed, unfortunately, the award ceremony. I wasn't there present to be i ended up buying you know we end up having a drink later and ended up treating you i think to cab fare as a congratulatory <laughs> you know congratulations on on the award but miss dine around and i and i think i i recapped for you i had never been to a dine around prior to a true the way it's intended yeah dine around it's a really cool concept because what they do is they they allow people to so the whole idea is you're you're dining with people that you don't know already it's actually it's a great you know we talk about how to foster networking it's a great Mm -hmm. way to do that because everybody's in the city you may know a couple of people but not a lot and so then you're able you're able to sign up and they just rotate around different restaurants and you're put in with a group that by the very nature of the exercise you you don't know already and so oh great friends have been made through dine around down through the years and I've, i've seen similar ideas but ibc really does it well yeah. And that was my impression. Having done it, I participated, but the last time I participated, it seemed like it was a loaded table. Like it was everybody that already kind of knew one another and, and sometimes I getting signed up and they're like, you're going to dinner, right? This was the first time I experienced it as it was intended. And everybody had a great time, a great time. We immediately ended up going back to the bar and sharing drinks and ended up talking with a lot of the, you know, the, the board advisors, you know, that have been around and, and being a part of the IBC community for 30, 40, 
you know, oh, yeah. 40, 50 years, ended up having drinks with them later. So it was the fellows. It was, it was a really great experience. There's dine around and there's post dine around, which is usually <laughs> just as interesting. So glad you got a chance to partake in. Yeah, no, no, it was great. The other cool thing you, you were, we were talking about my presentation, you know, I always enjoy being able to, to share my experiences and then, and then be able to as well learn from folks as we're having conversations about those experiences. And, you know, I had a good group of individuals asking me questions afterwards. And the other interesting thing was I ended up having the nonprofit communications report reach out to me after the event. So I was giving that talk, wasn't able to make it, but wanted to know if they could interview me after the after the event and we're really interested in the whole notion of podcasting for the nonprofit community and where that could fit in their marketing plan so i'll end up sharing that in the the show notes because that immediately happened that request for interview after we got back from new york and i was quite surprised and pleased by you know and had a great opportunity speaking with them yeah and 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 this isn't necessarily Nonprofit's been really top of mind of late for me too. And that this is not part of the IBC experience, but it was starting to become a germ of an idea while we were out in New York with all the showmanship and all the people clad in Times Square and the yeah. the superhero costumes is my firm took on, you were talking about a little bit of advertisement. My firm took on a pro bono client. Yes, I saw you post on that yesterday. What's the name of it again? It's Walkin' and Rollin' Costumes. And what they do is they build Halloween costumes for wheelchair and walker bound, so adaptive costumes Very cool for kids really anywhere between the ages of four to 18 years old. They build these costumes all through. They're based here in Kansas City, but they've built costumes for children from Florida to Hawaii. And we ended up creating this concept called superhero sidekicks. And we've recruited influencers, many of them, Kansas city based, but one of the influencers is actually an accessible actress. She's a wheelchair bound actress named Lolo Spencer. Who's on an HBO show right now. And so we just launched that for, you know, for them, this just today, really, we launched that for them. So it's called superhero sidekicks. I'll put a Link in the show notes. If you're interested in influencer marketing, that's one of the things we ended up marrying influencers with this, with the nonprofit, with the idea of doing some fundraising for them because Halloween's coming up and they, they essentially, by the time they build one of these costumes, any one of these costumes, by the time you look at materials and shipping could be a thousand dollars per per costume and that there's no charge to the families. And they could be building up to 40 costumes this year. So we're looking to raise about $50,000 with the, with this influencers. We had an anonymous donor that came in and said, we'll match the individual giving up to $25,000. So we've asked these 10 influencers to raise 25 with the idea the donor would raise 25 too. So nonprofit's been really top of mind of late. So it was ironic that I ended up getting this call after, uh, after world conference and said, Hey, let's talk podcasting and, and nonprofit. What a unique mission, which, you know, it's always so cool. So congrats on that. It'd be cool to see how that works out. Yeah. So speaking of local angle, we've got a couple other things happening locally for our local listeners too, just from a professional development standpoint. And we always talk about, you know, maybe younger or less experienced professionals 
and you know professional development as part of their you know growing their skill set networking but you know i'm a big covey person sharpening the saw is not a bad thing too and we've got a we've got a pretty interesting event going on with kciibc here yeah, KCIBC for a long time, and and the lady's name who runs this is Julie Bartell Smith. But we've had others run the program as well, and uh, but she's been a driving force. But the whole idea is to get folks together that are you know fifteen years plus in experience. It's called the Masters Group. So you know, but hey, look, we'll, we'll get over ourselves. We can, we can those those titles aren't aren't so bad, folks, right? So it's Masters, but it's a it's a different kind of PD because it's small, right? So it's a it's meant to be a, like almost like a dinner club. So. 15, 20 people. There've been some great people that have come in to speak in the past, but it truly is a, a round to, there's no PowerPoint presentation or anything like that. It's really more of a chat, but she, she does a great job. And they're having one coming up. Uh, next one is on August 30th. And by the way, that's, uh, that's open to anybody who is a more senior communicator. You don't have to be an IABC member because it's just, you know, it's Dutch treat and things like that. But IABC website for that would be great. Yeah. The topics recruitment and retention, which is extremely timely with timely. The, the whole notion of the great the great resignation, right? So a lot, a lot of interest from organizations around retaining talent and being able to recruit talent and social media club, right? Because you, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. And by the way, a very imp- impressive turnout for their event last Friday too. I, I didn't count heads, but it was a, it was a pretty full room. Yeah. It was about 50 folks we had in the, in the room. Social media club pre pandemic really used to operate like clockwork. First Friday of every month, everybody came for the bacon, the conversation, and then, you know, great speaking talent, just real subject matter experts. And it often would be, you know, great local talent and local experts. It, it could be regional. It could be national experts on occasion we would bring in if they were coming through town. We'd be able to have them for for breakfast. And so we mentioned Allie and Allie was August speaker. And that was really the first time we had had a speaker in about two years. Right. right. So it'd been the first event. So great. Uh, and, and the feedback has just been phenomenal. We've already got September's event lined up and it's going to be with big brothers, big sisters locally here. They just have gone through a rebrand. So you're taking a, believe it, nearly a hundred year old organization and talking about rebranding something that's pretty well known and doing it for purpose. And being able to share it, you know, with thinking new energy and and that's what the conversation is going to be about. And it's going to be at their local offices, but it's September 23rd and we'll have some, we'll have a link to it again in the show notes for folks that are going to be wanting to register. In fact, the Eventbrite's already up for it. Oh, great. Even though it's a good six weeks away. And then in October, we're hoping we have really fun activity too. So Matt and I, you know, we'll start sliding in a few local events, you know, as the world's yeah. Uh, knock on wood. <laughs> we hope, you know, hope COVID starts to subside. We, you know, we get boosters, all those good things. We want to get out and about and get to some of these events. Well, and the other thing, you know, Brent, we still have a lot of out WFH people, right? We got a lot of work from home people. And so what I know, I talked to a couple of them at that event and they really appreciate the opportunity to get out and, and, you know, kind of press the flesh with other like-minded marketers because you don't get to do that if you're working from home. So I think it's another kind of silver lining of, of all these in-person events coming back. Yeah. And that was really a highlight of IBC world conference. Yeah. Oh, right? absolutely. And you and I, and you know, we got for this, this episode, we're talking about somebody that was just as gregarious, just a wonderful human being. That's our next guest. And you know, what a delight to, like you said, get out in the world and be able to, to meet her, shake her hand, get to know her a little bit was Darcy Eichenberg. Yeah. Dar- Darcy's terrific. And of course, 
there's a bit of a connection. So Darcy was, you know, Kansas City IBC chapter does that great business communicators summit every February. Typically, Darcy was the keynote, I believe, three to four years ago, maybe the year before the pandemic year and terrific leadership consultant, a leadership coach, communications coach has written some books. And of course, her, her newest book was really what, and I got to go to her session right before we did the interview, but, but I loved it. So, and because the title just really, it's, it's red cape rescue, save your career without leaving your job. Mm-hmm. And in a time like this, where there there's been, has been uncertainty is uncertainty, right? And we have people that may feel stuck or in a rut or whatever it might be, particularly, gosh, we've all been there. Younger professionals, this happens to certainly, but but really of anybody. So we got a chance to talk to Darcy about that. And and yeah, she's she's just she's terrific. I can't wait for the listeners to to dig in because it was actually so timely because she lit we literally had her. This was the thing, right? We were we were there in the hotel kind of grabbing people, bringing them down to our lair. Typically it was right after their their presentation. Dan Gregory, another example, it was like you know, three hours after he delivered the keynote to 800 people. We had him on the show. Similar thing with Darcy. I got to go to to her presentation. She really helped folks really kind of understand that whole dynamic of finding your place in the organization, dealing with change, being your own person. And certainly when fear creeps in and you have uncertainty, how do you deal with that? Yeah. It was that fear angle that I, I remember exploring just because I, you know, I remember as a young adult, not even a young professional, even if it were, it wasn't quite my first true career job. I worked retail Mm. when I, you know, put myself through college and I remember, you know, things being even a little bit rough and, and thinking, you know what, I'm going to, I don't, I'm not really feeling this job and I, I'm not feeling this group and this team for whatever reason you get in your own head. And Darcy talks about that, right. With this whole notion of there are three things you can control. You can control what you think, what you say, and what you do. And I remember being, you know, an 18, 19 year old person and getting in my own head and saying, I, well, I'm going to go ahead and quit this job because I, I, I don't feel this team. I don't feel this company. And then I remember being, and it was probably my own self-doubt and had less to do with the actual environment. And then I remember being on campus as an undergrad, one of my former coworkers saying, Brent, Brent, why'd you leave? We all loved you. Right. And it, it was that, that own self-doubt. And so Darcy talks about that quite a bit is this whole notion of human nature fear, fight or flight. And she probably presents a third alternative, which is before just fight or flight. How about just pause? Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. It's that take a breath moment to really truly evaluate what's going on, not making rash decisions, all of those things. And and yeah, her session was great because she really did. It was truly, you're right. That voice in the head, right. And how do you, how do you work with that? How do you channel it the right way? So glad that, that we've been able to grab her. Yeah. So Darcy was a lot of fun and you know, we'll, essentially let you spend this time with her and next time. So Matt and I won't completely unpack him tonight, but next time when Matt and I get together, we'll have some more updates, some news, some other events, but we'll talk about Brad Whitworth and certifications next time. But right now we're going to get out of your way. Let you get to the delightful Darcy Eichenberg. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. And we're here at IABC Worldcon. 
And our next guest is Darcy Eichenberg. Excited for this chat. Yes, Brent. I've been up in the meeting rooms grabbing people by the arm and bringing them down here again. We <laughs> And this time uh, we we caught the, the really fantastic Darcy Eichenberg, and I'm so glad we did. And, and Darcy and I have known each other for a while now. Darcy actually has spoken at KCIABC, our, our home chapter, before at the Terrific Business Communicator Summit that that chapter puts on. But she's here at World Conference now, much broader audience. And, and believe me, she had a... She had a very engaged room for her presentation this afternoon. I was in it. But a little bit about Darcy. She she helps high-performance leaders and teams manage through constant change with more clarity, confidence, and control. And I love those last two words because those really talk about where she where she was in, in her presentation today. So again, working with kind of a cross-section of communicators that we had in the room. I know this show is really geared for you know, it's younger professionals, younger in their career. And we certainly had some of those in the room as well. And Darcy, what I thought I'd do. So first of all, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here. And thanks for coming to World Conference. Excited to be here in New York and be with our people. Right. You know, know yes. in a couple of years yeah. to be with our people. Right. And it's yeah. so great to be with everybody. Right. There is, there is a, still something with the physical experience, mm-hmm. right? That's a way to build trust and build connections. So. Yeah, I think everybody just feels the same way. It's just been universal and universal. But hey, I, I want to I frame up a couple of themes that you hit on in your presentation and the first one, I love how you start out your presentation because you ask people to think about something that you're proud of, that, that you've accomplished in the last, you know, two weeks, 30 days, whatever it is, and 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 kind of give voice to that, list it out, right? Because I think that's such an important point. And I know particularly when you're a younger professional, you know, you're trying to make a good first impression. And so you're more concentrated on your to-do list than you are on maybe the things that you've that you've that you've already accomplished, and and so I, I just, can you talk a little bit about that? Why is that important for really any of us? Sure, I find so often that it's easy to go to all the things that are undone. It's easy in our brains. It's easy in our conversations with our teams. Here's the list of everything that's broken. Here's the list of everything that's not good. And yet, the truth is, we keep forgetting all of the things that are good, all of the things that have been done, because we we let those go too quickly. And so by inviting people, and this is a strategy that, you know, even a young professional coming up in a group or, you know, meeting somebody new, to invite people to say, hey, what's one thing you're proud of that you're working on right now? Or what's one thing you're proud of that has happened in the last year? And I often, as I think I did in this workshop, say of doing or maybe not doing, maybe choosing not to do. And so it can be a really powerful way to give yourself a little pat on the back and remind yourself of all the things that are happening that we make it look too easy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that what, what the, the phrase that I wrote down, this is kind of as you, were, as you were going through that, was the importance of being present and being in the moment when we're, when we're in our, our, you know, kind of our professional lives. And there was a great, uh, Brent and I are both sports fans, and so I was listening to an athlete talk about, you know, the importance of being kind of not getting ahead of yourself in a game, right? Not, you know, concentrating on the current play. On the moment, And the phrase yeah. is, is kind of be where your feet are, which I just, and, and I wrote that down as you were talking, because I think that's an important piece of this as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you mean, know where your feet are, right? Yeah, I know mean, where because your feet are, yeah. So often we've got our heads in different places than, what does Stephen Pressfield say, you know, put your work where your backside is. I mean, it's <laughs> a PG, PG, uh, PG podcast, but- I think we have to recognize where where do I need to be and am I fully engaged and present in what I'm doing? And if I'm not, what do I need to get back to there? What do I need to do to get aligned? And yeah, and not be in the next game or the next 
you know, stretch, but what's most important now? And I think it's a great question that anybody can keep asking themselves, especially when we get overwhelmed. What's most important right now? Well, I'm, I have another scenario where I would like to maybe explore that question and explore the notion of what you can control as well as being present. So one of the impetuses for the show is the notion of being able to support early career marketers, communication professionals in their career journey. But I had the experience, I know when I was going through my under, undergrad experience of having a tremendous amount of opportunity through student leadership, so whether it be student government or student activities, and you have these high-performing students that are entering the workforce. And I remember getting a bit of advice, and I was thinking about our conversation, I remember getting a bit of advice before I graduated around, Brent, you've been given opportunities that you may not see again for another five, ten years in your career. What advice would you give on this whole notion of presence and control? What advice would you give to maybe high-performing students that are now in the workforce? Because I know you speak a lot about mindset too, right? What what kind of advice would you give to those maybe high-performing students where they've landed in something, but it's not quite what they even what they were doing at university level? Yeah, well, I do think that maybe our university level has more structure. Maybe there is more of a specific invitation to here's a hole to fill. We need someone on student leadership. We need someone on this team. So when you're in the workplace, perhaps there is not the same direct invitation to structure. I was saying this to Matt earlier, and I catch myself saying this more and more these days. Everything is all made up. But the truth is, we think there's a plan. We think that if someone wanted to talk to us, then they would come find us. But that's not the way it works. It's all made up. So if we're somebody who has been in student leadership, has been involved, find the holes, find the pain, follow the problems, and offer, you know, be able to say, hey, I, I had done a lot of student leadership. I'd love to find other ways to to lead here. Or don't forget that leadership can also look like things in your community. You know, getting involved with IBC or some of the other trade associations, people think, well, I'm not ready for that. Well, believe me, all the professional associations are just, you know, people who are just coming together and it's a safe place to experiment and learn. And sometimes we think we have to wait to be ready instead of saying, I'll get ready doing it. Doing it is going to create the confidence. Action creates confidence rather than waiting for the confidence first. Yeah, and I so appreciate that insight. That's one of the things Matt and I have talked about with nonprofit opportunities. You know, a lot of these nonprofit or community organizations are seeking that type of leadership, seeking that type of help, you know, because by the nature of their mission, they're not able to often pay for those kinds of services. So they need to solicit that kind of help. And even to think about the the membership opportunities we have here, what a great way to great, great, great way to, to be a leader, that. right? Yeah. You can do that at a, like a volunteer. Position. And to not discount that no matter who you are, where you're from, what you've done, there is something that you can contribute just by being there, by being you. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't You don't have to know all the answers, but just to be a caring individual. And I think we need more, we need more of that in our communities. And there's plenty of opportunities for people to step up and step in to those kind of situations. I want to ask you about controlling what we can control because we hear it all the time. 
right? You know, you can control what you think, you can control what you say, and you can control what you do. Those are really the, and then I wrote down, but I've made mistakes on all three of those. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I think a lot of us have. So, Mm -hmm. why is that so hard, Darcy? Because we hear it intuitively, it sounds, you know, so, you know, it resonates so well, but it's so hard to do. Yeah, it's hard because the brain craves control, because control means safety. Control means means the physical self it's, is it's a reptile safe. brain. It is, that we hear yeah, about. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. use I use term often the lizard brain, <laughs> the which lizard I think brain. Seth Godin, you know, yeah. has written about with lots of people. Yeah, and there's science behind it. And I'm actually shocked sometimes that we're not teaching that science mm. more often. That how we actually work. We're teaching. You know, we may teach physical science, but the basics of neuroscience, even the fact that brains aren't fully developed at 16, 17, 18, you know, even if someone's listening in their 20s, there may still be things that are evolving. And of course, we now know that the brain can continue to learn and, and, and regrow. So we're not trapped in the thoughts that we have. We have more power than we realize, but it's only, you know, it's only if we choose it. And I think we would relieve ourselves of a lot of stress and worry if we asked ourselves in every situation that gins up a negative emotion, we'd say, what What can I control here? Can I change what I think? Can I change what I say or not say? Can I shut up? You know, Or change what I do or not do? And that's it. Like I was saying in the room you know, a minute ago, Matt, I can't control were the people in the room loving what I'm saying or you know, squinting up their eyes and saying, eh, who's this person and what's that? I can't control that. All I can control is that I'm, I'm prepared. I'm showing up. I understand the basics of my audience. I'm going to put it all out there, do my best, and that's it. The rest is just data. So when someone comes up afterward and says, that was terrific, then great. That's, that's helpful for me. The person who walks out or walks out early, it's like, that's not about me. Well, I think you're talking to people, giving yourself the freedom, really, to, yeah. to the, the, the space, the grace, whatever yeah. you want to call space it. Space and to, grace. To, to be there. Space and yeah. grace. And choosing the, and choosing the <laughs> thought that says, I'm not going to worry about the guy in the back row who's looking at his phone or which, you know, thankfully doesn't happen a ton because we... What no I, what one I, was I, doing <laughs> that in Darcy's I was watching. <laughs> thanks, so. thanks, Matt, for clarifying that. I, I will tell you, if you go to a social media club event, though, that is the highest compliment is when the, no one's oh, making eye contact uh-huh. and they're on their phones constantly <laughs> because that means they're tweeting out what you're right. saying. <laughs> I, that happened yeah, to me and I oh I've spoke I've spoken to a social media club and there were 120 people and none of them were looking at me. <laughs> and it was the most disconcerting thing and then I realized about 10 minutes in, oh, I I'm sure they're tweeting or doing something. And then proof was in the pudding later when I looked at the stream. Uh, right? And sometimes so, yeah. I like to give people specific spaces for that and say, okay, in this section, oh, that's a good idea. let's do, you know, do this phones or, you know, and then, okay, now it's like, here's the clock, 30 seconds, you know, go to, yeah. So, but no, you're right. Everybody, and that's back to what can I control knowing my audience, right? Mm-hmm. Who's in the room? What do they need? What do they want to the best that I can? And some of it's sometimes a guess. I know we don't have a lot of time, but there was one other thing that I thought you said was interesting, and, and I, I kind of alluded to it in the beginning, but let's talk for a second about the to-don't list, right? Because I know when I was early in my career, you know, you want to be seen as a high achiever, the worst, you know, the, the absolute, you know, to be labeled a slacker is sort of, you know, kind of, 
nobody wants to, to be labeled that way. How do, how do we get around that, particularly when we want to make those great first impressions and we want to be seen as a high achiever? But, but the reality is there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, right. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think that there is absolutely nothing wrong when you are coming up in your career with grabbing every opportunity that comes to you that speaks to you, that feels like these are great people that I get to work with. This is something new I get to learn. This is kind of an asset in my career portfolio, if you will. And if you have the capacity, even if it means working extra hours or, you know, being making yourself uncomfortable, which as I often say, discomfort is where the growth is, you know, making yourself uncomfortable is okay because that's the only way we get to what's next. But I think the place where it's a red flag for me of looking at what's on your to-do list and figuring out what balls you need to drop is where it starts to impede your performance on the things that you are best at, the things that are in your best and highest use, where you're not feeling like you are giving project A your full attention. And that's also the priority of your team, your boss, your company, because you're scattered doing a lot of housekeeping or goodwill projects that don't feed you. The truth is we talk sometimes about capacity. Capacity in the human being is never ours, right? We're not a computer with bandwidth. We can put another chip in. We create capacity based on what engages us and what lights us up. And so if someone has a, let's call it a volunteer opportunity, and that is like, I love the people that's with, that may be something to take on because even if I'm quote unquote busy, because we'll make the time for the stuff that is interesting, fun, or we're going to grow or we're going to be with great people. But when it starts to feel like we're dragged down and our best stuff is not operating at our best, that's the time to look hard and say, what have I said yes to that is not in what I call your, my superpower space where maybe I'm not making a contribution or maybe it's actually sucking the life out of the things where I could make more of an impact. And these are good conversations to have. And over time, we just have to know ourselves to know what are my heck yeses and what are my, yeah, not so muches. So you've kind of touched on that on a micro level. I almost want to take that at a macro level and compare that against the things you could control. I know you framed a lot of your talk today around the notion of giving yourself space and grace around, you know, understanding, reframing your, your thinking, reframing maybe you're resetting what you're saying. A lot of young professionals, if things get tough, and I know I fit into this camp even with some of my life experience going through, if things got tough in your, in your role, you know, we've, we go through this fight or flight syndrome and a lot will, a lot can be prone to, to fly, right? So how do, how do you view that or how do you take the control aspect of that and maybe juxtapose that with the macro environment or so many people here at the conference have been talking about culture. It seems like about half of the, the conversations are culture and we have a lot of reason to talk about culture right? Hybrid workforces, just changing dynamics, a lot of po- geopolitical issues that we're dealing with, right? A lot of culture things going on. How do you, how do you look at that from the perspective of control and the, the environment or culture? So culture, all culture is, is the explicit or implicit agreement of how we do things here. And we often think 
it, a lot of us talk about culture, but we don't break it down to what is culture really. And back to what's in my control of the culture. Sometimes, oh, well, it's not our culture. Oh, we have a bad culture. <laughs> well, what is my place in it? If we have, we have a culture where people don't look each other in the eye when they walk in, if they're walking into a physical office. Well, can I, if I want something different, can I exhibit different behaviors? I get to choose that. And if that, if that doesn't get mirrored back over time, those are just signals to say, maybe that's not for me. So from a culture perspective, I think that this goes to the consciousness of we don't have to accept what's there. And there are micro cultures within companies. So sure. I'll work with leaders sometimes who are either thinking about what's next or they're thinking about, you know, reshaping what's going on in their teams. And they'll be like, well, but the culture of this part of the company, IT's culture is it's like, so who says, does it have to be? Could we actually call it out? And could we actually put specific words to it about what do we want that experience to be? And so the other thing you, you mentioned, I just want to speak to this issue of leaving when it gets uncomfortable, whether that's leaving your job, whether that's abandoning the project. So there's a reason that my latest book is subtitled Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. Mm -hmm. It's because this is the brain again. The brain does not want to be uncomfortable. The brain, if you are not controlling your thoughts or talking back to that lizard brain, it's just the way to stay safe. So what's happened in the past few years, especially with a robust job market, that once it got uncomfortable, oh, my, my company is calling people back. I don't want to go back into a traditional office. I like working from home. Mm -hmm. Once something becomes uncomfortable, and that's just one of you know many types of things. I have a new boss that I don't know what I don't know what she's going to want from me. It's easier to flee. It's easier to say f this and and let me just go. And and so many times, one of the things I'm seeing right now is I am seeing a boomerang trend where people have left, but then at the next place found the same challenge that they were having. It might be in relationships. It might be in overwhelm and realize what's the common denominator there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pointing to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's Maybe no that right grass isn't green. Yeah. Well, I think the challenge is sometimes, yeah, the, we think the grass is greener and we go over there and it's all kale. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. but so going back to first, so the first work, when we get those emotions that we're going to be uncomfortable, junk happens, you know, we're going to be uncomfortable. That is, I, I wish everybody starting a new job, first mm -hmm. thing their manager would say to them is, this is going to be messy. You are not going to feel great all the time, but you're going to work through that. You are going to manage through the messy middle. And I have faith in you. I have confidence in you. Here, and we're here to support you. But people don't articulate it that way. We throw people in and we, we onboard people remotely and they don't really have any connection or trust. So, so those, you know, those are challenges, but for ourselves, we can ask the question or we can, we can require, you know, we can demonstrate a different type of culture that we want and we can recognize when it gets uncomfortable, that's just our lizard brain. And so it says, what can I, what can I think differently? What can I say differently? What can I do differently? Yeah. And I, I think that pause and reset to really look at some inner reflection to make sure that maybe whether you're fit for the environment or are you the common, as you said, are you the common denominator? 
Yeah, Dar- Darcy has a great image of a big red reset button <laughs> in her presentation, and it's so apropos yeah. of, what, of what the yeah. two of you were just and, talking and, about. And finding that clarity. I think often we think we're clear about what we want, but then, yep. but if we're asked to put it into words, we don't know. Oh, the first thing we go to is, well, here's what I don't want. And I'll sometimes challenge people. It's like, I just asked you, what do you want? And you gave me everything yeah, you didn't want. want. Yeah. So that's, and that's work. That's work for us to do. We don't yeah. have much time, but I do want to ask you about the book because I think it's such a great concept and it speaks so well to, you know, again, because flight or fight is, is such a natural reaction, particularly more for young professionals that may be having issues. Tell us a little bit of the story about how you came to that book. What was the, what, how did that germinate? What was the initial idea? Yeah, I th- this thing so is fascinating. The, the book is called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. And it really came out of, I have a insider community where I send emails and, and it's just, it's kind of my little, you know, private group in email where anybody can join totally free. But I had been emailing them during the pandemic and I simply asked, what is it that you need? And I thought I was going to get, oh, we need strategies about working remotely. We need strategies about managing through change. And what I heard overwhelmingly was we need encouragement. And so what I did is I created an audio series where a lot of these little lessons, I just sat down with my mic and did under five minute little blips and we just, you know, dripped them out in email and realized the reaction from that is these were core lessons for anybody of how they can hit reset for themselves, how they can take back control. So the book is broken into three parts. It is, you know, reset how you think, you know, revise what you say and rescue what you do. And in each, there's five different strategies that you can take on, including how to drop some balls. So it's intended to be a tool when you hit that road bump, when you hit that speed bump, no matter where you are. And sometimes you know it's time to move on, but sometimes... To give you, as you were mentioning, Brett, that pause, that like, okay, wait a minute, before I go do that, because let's, finding another job ain't easy. That is not the answer. Yet that's the advice we've been giving people for hundreds of years. I don't, maybe not hundreds, but people who've said, (laughs) oh, I'm not happy in my job. What do we tell them? Go find another job. Go move and wait. Yeah, right. And it's and that's not working for us anymore. And because every single young professional is probably going to hit that hit that point, right? It I mean, is we just went through graduation, Brennan, and we give everybody diplomas. I'm envisioning diplomas and a copy of Darcy's book, right, <laughs> so that they can know that first of all, we can tell them this probably will happen to you. Yes. Um, and and here are some strategies to deal with. I I, I feel like that would be great practical <laughs> career advice for everybody to know that at some point some. Something is going to stink, and that is not that's not wrong. That's expected. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Darcy, tell us how can people learn more about you? Where, where can they find you? Where can they find the book? Yeah, they can find the book everywhere online books are sold. Uh, it's on Amazon, Audible, Barnes and Noble. Yes, and I I narrated the Audible myself. It's a it's a fun audio book. And my website is redcaperevolution.com, but the my insider list that I talk about is redcapeinsider.com. And again, it's free tools and strategies and another way just to keep in touch and get some support that you need. Darcy, it's been so great for you to join us today. I appreciate you joining us and spending a little time with me and Matt and talking about how people can reset their career, reframe their minds a little bit when thinking about their career journey. It was so fabulous to be here in person with you. It Mm -hmm. was. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the work that you do for the young professionals all over the world. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. If you found value in today's episode, 
Check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with Cultivated Marketer. <laughs>